the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. You can always email the show, and I would love for you to email the show. You can always voicemail the show. You have a little button on your phone that says record. Hit record, and then email it to rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob robblackshow.com as soon as we start getting those in i can turn those over to turn make them into on-air events and make the show sound a little bit better got an email from someone that said i'm frustrated with my financial advisor and i feel like i'm always chasing and pestering him then i interviewed him he sold me on the attention the service that he would provide but now i feel like i'm just a number is it too much to ask for a quarterly portfolio reviews? Is it too much to ask for him to reach out when he has an attractive investment come across his desk or just check in on me from time to time? I think the answer is that I need to find a more proactive advisor. But that's what I thought when I signed up with the current one. Is there a way that I can get more clarity on this during the interviewing process? I'd like to get it right next time rather than time will tell, and let's see what happens that I tend to get in these types of scenarios. Financial advisor is someone who gets to know you, in my opinion. Financial advisor is someone who, I don't think you're asking for crazy stuff, but at the same time, quarterly portfolio reviews is a bit aggressive, maybe biannually. Expecting to get a phone call when an idea comes across, That can be difficult if the person is servicing 50 clients. It can be impossible if the client, if the advisor is servicing a hundred clients. A couple of things that I missed in your email is, is this a certified financial planner? Is it a stockbroker? Is it a stock jockey kind of guy? Can you chill? Or are you one of those people who's going to always be high maintenance? Now, Clearly, when you're in the situation of looking for an advisor, you're going to hear things that you want to hear, just like on Valentine's Day or just like when you fall in love and meet a person you have a crush on. Very rarely are they going to tell you that they don't want to work. They want to sleep all day, get fat, and you're going to do all the work and cooking. It's not going to happen. So... It sounds like you're not a good match, first and foremost. Experts say that you want a financial advisor check in at least quarterly. That's reasonable. I would say a full portfolio review, depending on what you're looking for as far as full portfolio review, could be a little unreasonable. When a CFP preps to meet with you, it takes them a good hour. 
at least to pull together information for you that's specific to you. It could be upwards of two to three hours. They're pulling together legal quality work. It's, it's top-notch usually. Again, a financial planner, I don't know what you're working with is the unfortunate part of this. What you're asking for is not too much, but I don't know if that's in their purview or their scope. Having someone check in on you feels good. I have a CFP who works for EP Wealth who used to work with New Focus Financial. It's interesting that I don't work with Chad. I think we were too close. I didn't want that. So I chose a person named Brad who worked with Chad and I, me at New Focus and he became part of the new EP team. He does check in with me quarterly and we do do a, a big portfolio review for the spouse once a year. I'm probably a little unlike you in the sense that I know what's going on. What I would ask you to do is figure out this person's credentials. Are they a CFP or are they a stockbroker? Are they an insurance agent? How many clients do they have? Those are important questions. I would say, don't talk to me via an email because if I was the type of guy, I would say, stab the person in the back, come work with me. Or if I have a certain way of doing things, I'd say, oh, he's awful. Give the person a chance. Expressly lay out your concerns and your thoughts, your prayers, your wishes, your needs. What makes you happy? What, you, what makes you unsad? Are you happy with the performance of everything? Because if you are, that should tell you something. This could be fixed. If you're getting into product that has big commissions like annuities or loaded mutual funds, there's a problem there. You can always find a new advisor. And if you need some questions on what to look for in a financial advisor, check out my website, Rob Black Show. There's a download there on that. But it'll also tell you if you're ready for it. I got an email from a man that I'm going to be hitting later in the show that has 80 stocks. I'm like, what are you doing? But I'm now mixing my metaphors and I'm mixing my emails. It may be that when you initially met this advisor that they had a lot more time on their hands and now they have an issue that they don't. It may be that there is a communication error between what checking in with you means. I have found that clients are as diverse as advisors. Um, like I told you, Brad's way different than Chad. I work with Dan, who you've heard on the show, Stephanie, Stephanie Richmond. There's so many different types, just like there's so many different types of people on the planet, right? And you've probably dated different types of women or men. I found that clients are very, very diverse and they have very different issues. Many, many years ago, I had a client named Gordon who was from the UK and he all, he just wanted the sexiest portfolio possible. He wanted the, whatever's working now, whatever they're talking about on CNBC. So I fired him. I was beating the markets for him. I was crushing it and he was just too damn high maintenance. And he wanted you to sell at the top, top, top. 
and he wanted you to buy by at the low, low, low. Very unrealistic that someone's going to be a market timer when what they tell you is my plan is for you to beat the market over time, not in the short term. So if you're wealthy, I would strongly look at a certified financial planner practitioner and check with if they have a tiered level of services. Platinum clients may receive X number of meetings annually versus other levels. The reason for the different levels of service is because usually clients with more complex situations or assets may require more than someone who may have a simpler solution. If you're divorced, if you're on your second marriage, if you have children from different marriages, if you have a spouse that's considerably younger or makes considerably more money than you, you really, I think a CFP is the right way to go. One of the problems that I found was that it was the people who had $100,000 were a lot tougher to work with than the people who had $1 million. And they both expected the same kind of service, but the $100,000 client wanted to beat the markets. Whereas the $1 million client wanted to participate with the markets. So I would say, get in touch with your financial planner and see if they're a CFP. That's the only accreditation I would ever work with myself. I would not work with an insurance agent who sells investments. I would not work with an attorney. I would not work with an accountant who sells insurance investments. Um, there's plenty of options out there. Check in with me and get that downloadable at robblackshow.com. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point. The Rob Black Show. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Rob Black Show. If you're looking for a certified financial planner or getting ready for retirement, contact me at rob at robblackshow.com. I can get you in touch with a certified financial planner from EP Wealth. Contact me, rob at robblackshow.com. That's rob at robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. So a couple quick things. You can always email me, rob at robblackshow.com. And if you attach a voicemail to it, I will get your email voicemail on the show within 48 hours. I would prefer that because I actually could hear a voice on the end. When I got into financial media 25 years ago, I'd get 30 calls an hour. It was crazy. I had encyclopedic knowledge of stocks. I had a like this just cadence that was crazy because I drink too much coffee. I'd love to hear your voice. One of the things I want to try to help you with is your sources of information. First and foremost, I would never trust a friend. I would never trust anyone who sells insurance to give investment advice. I would never trust an attorney to give investment advice. I could turn this into a Dr. Seuss rhyme. I would not trust a broker. I would not trust a banker. I would not trust a lawyer, nor would I trust an insurance agent. Uh, I know I suck. <laughs> but really for me, the more important sources of information are what you do on your own. If it's free, that's what value is. If it's a website that's promoting trading, that's what the value is. I like the New York Times. I like the Wall Street Journal. I like Barron's. 
if I take a look at Kiplinger.com or Forbes.com or Fortune, all of these are past paper magazines that have turned into websites that have financial information. Forbes, Fortune, and Kiplinger. Kiplinger, Kiplinger, K-I-P-L-I-N-G-E-R. The problem I have with all three of them is they all sell advertising as stories. So you don't know if you're getting investment advice that's based on you or is it investment advice on, I want to get you to become a client. As long as you can see the difference, it is important. Just throwing that down there for you. On occasion, let's see what other websites I like. Um, I like Value Line. But instead of telling you to pay for a subscription, I'd say go to the library this weekend. I know. I know you're like, library? I'm not going to the library. What do you think? I'm in kindergarten? No, no. Libraries have good sources of information. Expensive sources of information. So check out a value line. And even today at lunchtime, Google, what is value line that Rob's Black speaks of? At times, I want to give you very practical advice. If you have a brokerage account, say with Fidelity or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or Schwab, most credible websites have access to free research from Wall Street publications like Standard & Poor's. When you first get into the industry, you're introduced to research and it blows your mind. You're like, wait, wait, what's a Standard & Poor's? Is this a tier sheet or is that a tear sheet? Because they, they, they kind of look the same, Greg, and I, I kind of need to know an answer. And you'd be like, okay. And value line, you're like, wait, wait, why am I looking at that, the, this, the data metrics, Greg? I, I don't quite understand. The, the, the resource should have a little bit of a curve to understanding it. It should have terms in it like price to earnings, price to sales. It should have conclusions. It should have theses. It should have five-year trading range. It should have a little bit more than, say, too little. Um, now, let's say I'm an investment advisor and I start off my own firm and I want access to Standard Poor's and I want access to a Bloomberg terminal. Those cost money for businesses. That's why when you work with a Fidelity or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade, They don't really want you to call all day and say, I'm a little nervous about Apple. They say, go to the website and download a report on Apple and get back to us. You can do it yourself. But there's a little bit of a learning curve there, in my opinion. So sources of information. And today I ask you the question, what sources do you like? Drop me an email if you have any that are great. You don't have to say anything other than here's the source of information I like. Here's a source of information I don't like. For instance... I told you, I'm very leery of Kiplinger, Fortune and Forbes, because it'll have a guy named Eric who's a financial planner in your community, and he just wants to get business. And they'll sell the click-throughs to him. Yeah, I saw that you recently saw an article. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it tells you how they get business, how they get clients. It's a little bit more transparent when Rob Black tells you this is what this is really all about. And it feels like they're trying to intimidate you into becoming a client. That probably tells you, you probably don't want to really be their client. So I had a friend in college named Amy Jackson, and we used to call her Action Jackson. 
here's a weird, tough transition from learning about your research sources to one of those articles that you can click on that you don't know the source, but you're like, I think I could learn something here. Financially speaking, if you keep learning every day, if you learn one thing from the show every day, good for you. She was Amy Jackson, someone I had a crush on, and we were always dating other people. Um, and she ultimately gets married and has a kid. And what was interesting about it is I didn't hear from her for like 12 months. I'm like, I wonder why. And it was because she was pregnant. And like nine months later, she knocked out a kid. And during this whole process, I knew nothing. So I couldn't really help her. But after the process, she goes, yeah, yeah. He's uh, from a rich family in, in Virginia. I'm like, oh, that's why I always lose out. You're, you're going after the financial security. And in college, I was not financial secure. <clears throat> so she goes on to tell me that she had to sign a trust. They got married. They had the kid. And the father-in-law basically put pressure on her to sign a prenup. The son was named Elman. What a name. Who names their kid Elman? E-L-M-O-N. Well, I had never met one. Turns out it's a rich boy's name. It's a way of saying, I'm rich. My kid's going to be rich and he's going to have a rich name. And other people are going to say, Robert, Stephen, Peter, Michael, David, Elman. And I already had a problem right there. Not only did I lose her love to him, but I had a bad name compared to him. But the father-in-law, he saw that divorce rates are high and he saw that she was a pretty girl. And he saw that he inherited tobacco money from his daddy and he had an easy life for his life. He was a socialite in the Virginia socialite scene and he wanted his son to be a socialite in the Virginia social scene. So he insisted that before they get married that she sign a prenup. And first and foremost, I wouldn't sign anything in a scenario like that. Turns out that the prenup that she signed basically allowed for an income of about $60,000 to raise the kid until she was 18. Uh, she had a daughter. So when the daughter turned 18, she would be cut off if there was a divorce. So the woman, my friend Amy, who married Elman, was never going to make a penny. She was not a gold digger in any way, shape, or form. And I think she was probably fine with that because that's what she thought. But I'll be honest with you, uh, anyone who carries a baby for nine months, anyone who's a stay-at-home mother, anyone who takes care of the family, anyone that feeds me has a lot more value than just, you know, you're out of my life at 18. And that's what she signed. And it was an irrevocable trust, which irrevocable means it ain't changing. So long story short, I've reviewed prenups and i say bad prenups are bad good prenups are okay but i think a prenup should be an invitation to have a conversation about money um and for damn sure what's yours is yours as long as what's mine is mine coming into the marriage but anything that you create together like i said if someone loves me and makes a baby with me it, that person deserves, I mean, I'm not going to belittle them or be uh, trivialize 
the fact that I had a high paying Wall Street job and she had a, well, for 2000 years, we were cavemen and we had a woman stay in the cave, clean it up and uh, domesticate us and our babies. I'm not knocking anyone. This is just awkward to say, because in this day and age, it's just as likely that a woman gets as much, if not more money and income than a man. So I've had clients in the past ask me to read their daughter's prenup. And I'm always like, first and foremost, I'm not an attorney. And second, I have a conflict of interest here in that you're a client. Um, normally, I'd say professionally, I want to decline, but I'll do this as a, a personal favor. And I'm just going to highlight some things. Typically, the better the attorney, the more money the family spends in creating a prenup, the more hardcore it is to get out of. Um, and there's sometimes some standard prenups. And there's sometimes some prenups that are about professional conduct and poor judgment. Nothing should be taken lightly. I think it's a pitfall not to get a prenup. I think it's a pitfall to get a bad prenup. Couples are told that prenups are crucial. I have no problem with the idea of a postnup. Let's say I've been married for 10 years and 10 years ago, there was no need. There was no issue. I was a hippie. I was a vagrant. I was a vagabond. I, I played Bob Dylan songs on a guitar in a subway. And then suddenly I win the lottery or I create an invention. I, I don't have a problem talking about money in a harsh way. If you do grow up, prenups aren't bad. Postnups aren't bad. It, it's the intention behind them and how they're crafted. They can make or break them. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Fastest hour in financial media, Rob Black and your money. Let's get to it. Yesterday was a day in the red. Today looks to be a day in the green. Stocks were lower yesterday as investors chewed their nails and pulled their hair and angsted over Will Russia invade the Ukraine? I interviewed Adam Phillips, EP's director of portfolio strategy. And one of the things I asked him, I said, am I allowed to say this? Because I play the straight man. I play the front man. And he plays the smart one uh, because he's way smarter than me. And he does nothing but portfolios for a living. And I do a lot of financial media. So I do the media interviewing of Adam. And he's awesome. He's one of the brightest I've seen in the business. So I don't mind taking the back seat. But I said, at all in the back of your head, we've both been doing this for 20 plus years. Do you at all see an issue where we're overreacting to Putin and Ukraine, kind of like we used to overreact to Saddam Hussein invading Kuwait twice and Kim Jong-il getting all testy and in a, his panties in a wad and just stressed and says, I'm going to blow up Japan and here's a nuclear test of a rocket. Like you see any of this as like more threat and... and more saber, saber rattling and less real threat. And I said, you don't have an answer to that. I said, but haven't all these saber rattlings in the past turned into buying opportunities? And we kind of played around with that. I'm going to put up that interview later today at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Also on my YouTube channel, it'll be under Rob Black Show. Go to YouTube, search Rob Black Show, and you'll find past interviews with Adam. So stocks ticked lower yesterday on this fear of Russia. Overnight, there was a little bit of geopolitical maneuvering. 
where Russia's pulled back some troops after yesterday. It looked like the United States was freaked out pulling people from the embassy in Kiev. But Russia said during the day, we're open to dialogue. In the end, this is going to sound horrible. This is going to sound cruel. This is going to sound like I'm not sympathetic or empathic. I don't really care what goes on in Ukraine because it's probably going to last for 72 hours. And then it'll be over. The Cuban Missile Crisis didn't destroy America. It created a buying opportunity in the stock market. Khrushchev didn't crush us like a cockroach. I don't know if you should trust me on my political angles. I'm much more worried about terrorist threats than I am about threats from another country and their leader. Johnson & Johnson's in a lot of trouble still. Reason I'm bringing this up two days in a row is that they're starting to become more issues with the claims that it's talk-based products caused cancer. Um, I don't own any Johnson and Johnson directly. They make product that I love. Baby shampoo is something I used when I was a baby. My mama used it on me and I used it on my babies. And I would bet my babies will use it on their babies. They make a lot of things that we can't a lot of consumer products that millennials can change our buying habits, but not necessarily will they go completely away. Some of the top stories of yesterday and today. Um, I don't know. The Russian skaters seems to be in the news a lot. The one thing I hate is cheating. And Russia's got this ridiculous history of juicing their athletes. But again, it goes to show you that the, the only reason the Olympics are in focus is the men are playing Olympics hockey and women are playing for gold either today or tomorrow. I don't know what time it is in China. And there's this, the cheating scandal. A little bit fascinated by the Chinese-American, both on the United States with the figure skating and the, the ski jumping that one chose China as their Olympic host nation or one chose the United States. and both countries are pissed at each other that we still want their athletes. That's kind of the silly drama, but it's drama, right? It's playing out, but that's the only thing we're talking about. So the U S is going to face rival Canada in women's hockey gold medal. They play really great hockey, United States, Canada, the women's team. And that's 11, 10 Eastern time PM Thursday. So tomorrow night, no, Thursday night, I'm going to be watching. Like, it's, uh, you see what I'm doing? The Olympics are difficult, to say the least. I don't know. Next time the Olympics are bid, I bet you NBC pays half of what they did this time. Or do they pay more and get the winter and summer bundled together? Or all I can tell you is that we're not watching. What we're watching is Microsoft saying it's time to come back to the office. And that's going to turn into an Olympic event because they've got new rules on how they're going to handle the unvaccinated employees will be forced to social distance from colleagues who have been vaccinated. I don't know how this is going to work. Are we going to be, start wearing badges that identify us as vaccinated or not vaccinated while we're at work at Microsoft? There's details that I don't even want to look into. Texas is suing Meta over its facial recognition program. Facebook violated state law by obtaining Texas biometric identifiers without consent. And they're looking at billions of dollars in penalties. Meta, I'll just, the only thing I can tell you is 
I have a problem with their, we're going to solve the metaverse with hardware. It's the wrong angle. Do you know people are taking out real mortgages to buy property on the metaverse, which is digital real estate? You're hearing more and more companies like McDonald's are escaping out stores now. But people like you and I are taking out a 30-year loan to buy real estate in the metaverse. Um, this just seems to have stupid written all over it. Shopify is all in on its shopping app. The company has indicated that many more features are on the way. Really the only major competitor, in my opinion, to Amazon. The shop app could help the company compete more directly with PayPal and Square. PayPal and Square have had a bumpy push out of the pandemic, whereas during the pandemic, we were doing more tra digital transactions and they were in the right place at the right time. But now their metrics aren't holding up with earnings. Elon Musk donated $5.7 billion worth of Tesla shares to a charity last year. The donations made in November came days after the UN gave Musk details of its plan to fight world hunger. In the end, how do you think we're going to judge Elon Musk. The dude just gave away $5.7 billion. How do you think we're going to judge him? As a rich guy who kept it for himself, I was standing in line at checkout yesterday, getting some groceries. And the guy in front of me was just moaning and convection and all upset about how expensive groceries are. And then he brought up Jeff Bezos. He's like, he doesn't mind paying more. And I'm like, yeah, he did something you didn't do created a whole new disruptive industry. Why are we knocking him? Why are we not knocking you and your lazy butt? A billionaire astronaut bought up to three SpaceX flights. Uh, I would not be very careful. Virgin Galactic right now is saying, hey, we're taking seats for more flights in the future. We haven't seen how that does during a recession. And if it doesn't rock and roll, every quarter for the next foreseeable three years or for so, so you're getting up in a lot of pain. Airbnb and Roblox are reporting earnings today. Meta, Facebook's parent company, is set to appeal a UK block on its Giphy acquisition. When the Giphy acquisition was announced, Giphy is one of those things where you can punch in like a baseball team defeat and it'll show like a baseball team getting a home run crushed against them. And it, it's a it, virtual gifts put together, makes a quick slideshow. Who knew that could be a problem for uh, Meta and Facebook? But the world doesn't want them to get bigger. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Very, very rarely we hear me toot my own horn. But you're about to hear me toot my own horn. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway jumped into Activision Blizzard after a state lawsuit alleged a sexist culture at the game publisher sent the price of the stock down big, 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 big. This is before Microsoft announced its intention to buy Activision Blizzard in mid-January for $68.7 billion. At the end of December, at the start of January, before everything came unhinged, I bought shares of Activision in large part I saw the sexual harassment issues, the sexual bro culture, hopefully, more than likely, trying to be fixed. 
I don't think the CEO has any chance of surviving. That's what I said on the air at that time. I think the moment he goes, the stock goes higher. But what sent the stock higher was the moment Microsoft said, we want Call of Duty. We want franchises that are multiplayer games because that's the future of the metaverse. Getting multiple people together online, playing characters like, do you see me carrying M16 taking down a terrorist? Probably not. But in the metaverse, Rob can do it. Do you see me on a space station floating through space and fixing a, a solar panel so that we can power up the spaceship and escape the alien invasion? Probably not in real life, but you see it in the metaverse, in the, in the gaming industry. Video game. So I did exactly what Warren Buffett did, and I've never, ever said that out loud. I was thinking the same thing he was thinking. This looks like a value of growth and not necessarily a pay for growth at any cost. Microsoft announced its intention to buy Activision Blizzard in mid-January for $95 a share, sending the stock up 25%. I got part of that 25%. I'll be honest, I got more lucky than I was genius. But for me, I, I like the fundamentals of the company. I like the trends for the company. I just thought the company was being valued at a much lower rate than their peers due to, uh, I wish I could curse, a poop head of a CEO who is a dinosaur who needs to move on. Um, I'm not big into the rah, rah, rah culture. I'd rather with a CEO have an honest conversation then be pumped up to like go do my job. But that's me. So for the first time in my career, me and Warren did the same exact thing for almost the same exact reason. So it's kind of interesting. Um, one of my things that I used to do when I was a dating man was I, I'd do a long hug. And I'd, I'd whisper in the ear of my partner, I'd say, let's get our heartbeat going at the same levels. And it was a stick, right? Very, very, very rarely do sticks pay off. Um, I'm just throwing that one down there. Interesting story that I think has a lot more bite to it than it should. Walmart's testing ways to ditch single-use plastics as climate advocates urge the retailer to go faster. So little thing that I believe in and other people do, let's try to cut down on the single-use plastics. I've got a canteen that I've been using for probably 10 years. I've got a big green cup. It's made out of plastic that I've been using for 15 to 20 years. If you've ever seen me do a live radio show, you see that I walk in the studio with this big, giant, big gulp of a piece of plastic cup. I'm not all that fancy. I don't need single-use plastic. I don't... Like, it's just not me. Now, again, I'm a contradiction on so many levels. I, I can justify that I'm a better human being than most because I drink out of a plastic cup for 20 years in a row. But, 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 but wait, what do you do about like curing coffee pods? I don't drink coffee. I'm more of a tea guy. Um, coffee for me is the dinner dessert. And it's a, you're going, now you're showing that you're a wackadoodle. You talk about other wackadoodles, but you're a wackadoodle. Yes, I will do coffee if I need a jolt for radio, but very, very rarely. So Walmart's testing a way to ditch single-use plastics as climate advocates urge the retailer to go faster. I don't think that's a bad thing. 
I don't think it's going to save the planet, but I think people under 35 want to do their part. So companies like Estee Lauder, New Balance, Rent the Runway, they're all looking for ways to move a circular system of reusable packaging. Amazon just offered something recently. I don't know how long they've been doing this, but I just noticed it. Hey, we see that you just ordered an HDMI cable, Rob. Can we bring it to you on Wednesday with all your other stuff that you're going to order? For six days, we'll bring it all to you in one big box on Wednesdays. Did you know that Walmart will recycle the package that they delivered it to you in? They'll take it back. Not Walmart. I'm sorry, Amazon. So Amazon's testing this new thing of, do you want to get everything on one day? I'm like, sure, why not? I'll feel a little bit better. I'll pass it on to my kids and my kids will think dad actually cares. Walmart plans to test alternative single-use plastic for curbside pickup and home delivery. Amazon's doing testing of, let's deliver instead of seven days a week, let's do one day. It benefits them and it benefits the planet in theory. Again, we're not getting into climate change on this show. It's not Rob Black and your climate change. But I think that's the right way to be a company right now to show that you care. Um, yeah, there's still some people who are, are cutthroat and want top dollar, but the younger people will vote with their pocketbook. Wow, just a big up day. Just throwing that out there for you. Um, but again, this has been a wacky start of the year. We're at the tail end of earnings season. Today we get Airbnb. We're going to get a lot of hotels this week. That'll give us a sign into leisure. NVIDIA, a company that's been beaten up, one of those growth stocks that became a trillion-dollar semiconductor company, the first. Is it overpunished or not? We're going to find out this week when they report earnings. That's the thing I love about the earnings season. Do you remember the game show, To Tell the Truth? Three of these people on stage are here to win your votes, but only one of them is a um, astronaut. And the panel would have to guess questions that only an astronaut would know. And at the end, you'd see all three kind of fake stand up and sit back down in the fake stand up. That's what I love about earnings season is a game show. Will the real Amazon please stand up? Are you the company that's down 40% or are you the company that was just refitting your infrastructure projects? Are you, is NVIDIA the company that we're now seeing GPU prices fall? Is that why it's down? Or is it just a, it got overvalued and it's digesting some of those games like a, is it a Python that eats animals? You know, you ever seen a snakey, like a, a pig, like, whoa, how did it get in there? Um, and it takes a while to digest and you're like, uh, that would suck to die like that. <laughs> Can you imagine choosing your own way to die? To be eaten by an anaconda would not be at the top of the list for me. Anyhow, and anyway, markets are higher today. What's interesting to note is the Ukraine is backing off in Russia. Oh, no, no, no. Russia is backing off against the Ukraine is the right way of saying that. Excuse me. I probably need a cup of coffee. The 10-year treasury bond sits at 2.03%. So the Good news is that the bond rates can do what they want. They don't have to panic and go lower, slow down the economy, higher price of oil, messing up world economies. We'll see. That story is far from finished, but that's what it's telling us today. Find me online at robdockshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.